0: Hello, and welcome to the Agri-Food Safety Produce Bites podcast, where we discuss all things produce safety and dive into the rules and regulations surrounding the Food Safety Modernization Act Produce Safety Rule. Hello, I am Landon Tiedel, and I am a produce safety technician with the Marquette County Conservation District, and I serve produce farms in
1: regards to their on-farm food safety across the entire Upper Peninsula. Hi, I'm Brianna Hanula. I am the produce safety technician based at the Grand Traverse Conservation District, and I provide uh, food safety education resources for farmers in the northern part of Mainland, Michigan.
0: I've never heard it be called Mainland, Michigan.
1: <laughs> uh, is, that, is that like the right word for it? I was like, you know, the lower peninsula. <laughs> yeah, lower peninsula.
0: Mainland, come on. <laughs>
1: I like I like mainland. You're you're an island up there. <laughs> we're attached to Wisconsin. Right, but you know, like on a the Michigan. Yeah. You're uh-huh. you're an island. It's funny.
0: So today we we got together today to talk about the kind of risks, the food safety that we sometimes see or encounter on produce farms in regards to shared equipment. So this, you know, we're talking about um Tractors or tools, or even spaces, buildings, or other spaces that get used for multiple things on a farm. Um, And I think that this is a pretty common occurrence across farms in general. I think a lot of farms try to get multiple uses out of uh, a lot of their things to be efficient and also to save time and money. So I think it's a pretty common thing. And, you know, all farms face The risk of cross-contamination to some level right like animals exist in the wild and so every farm has got to deal with animals whether it's you know animals out in the field or maybe uh, more like insect and rodent type scale on indoor facilities either way you're you're dealing with some sort of cross-contamination most farms also have people that work on them and so humans are a huge source of cross-contamination as well as things like water and, um, you know, things like that. But today we're going to be focusing on equipment. And I think that while all farms face cross-contamination risks, some farms have greater risks than others, especially when it comes to sharing equipment.
1: Right. So a farm that raises livestock and grows produce faces challenges that a solely produce operation does not. Animals are a major source of fecal contamination, and that fecal material can present a significant danger to raw produce. So when equipment is shared in different areas of the farm, it is important to consider cross-contamination. However, it is possible to safely grow produce when livestock are nearby, so long as basic principles of produce safety are followed. The first step is to maintain complete physical exclusion of the animals from the produce areas. Sturdy and permanent fencing that is suitable for the type of animal contained is crucial.
0: Yeah, so uh, for those of you listening, you might be able to tell that Brianna has a lot of experience in livestock, and so she's a really great resource to to have in this conversation. Um, and I think a lot of farms, especially small-scale farms, um, like a lot of the farms that I work with here in the UP, um, they do both. You know, they do it all. Uh, they uh, They raise animals. And they also raise or, or grow produce um, and maybe even a few other things, um, agricultural products on the side. So I think it's super common, especially in smaller scale farms, to see these kinds of mixed use uh, spaces and in, in uses. And so understanding what type of, of fencing is suitable for which kinds of animals and realizing uh, that Uh, sometimes they will test their limits, whether they're bored or hungry is pretty valuable information to
1: have. Right. And additionally, on that point, uh, it would be important to consider that when, when the animals break out is more so a question of if they will break out. And so having procedures in mind for what happens that when the cattle decide they no longer wish to stay in their pen, rather than holding on to the hope that that will never happen because they're animals, and you can't always control everything about them.
0: Grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, so I don't have a ton of experience in managing livestock, but I know that you do, Brianna. And I'm wondering, have you? What kind of instances or um, examples have you seen where um, sharing the same equipment on a farm? that raise, that does both, that has animals and produce,
1: um, where it's resulted in a problem. I guess an important consideration is not just the physical equipments that you use on the farm, but also the worker and what they wear, right? So clothing, gloves, boots, and PPE that is worn in livestock areas shouldn't be worn in produce areas without first being cleaned and sanitized. The easiest way to go about doing this is to just have separate pairs of each of those items have two pairs of boots one pair for the livestock areas and one pair for the produce areas that way you don't have to worry about scrubbing them in between
0: yeah so you're saving you're saving time there which is just as valuable as money yeah yeah that's a good point Brianna what about so if we're thinking kind of larger whole whole farm scale What comes to mind for me are tractors, because tractors are so versatile. They have so many uses on a farm. Do you want to talk about some potential risks there with using the same tractor or the same tractor without cleaning it in between?
1: So tractors are uh, such a versatile piece of equipment. However, on a livestock and produce farm, it's very important to consider that the piece, that the equipment will act as a vector for contamination. And vector means carrier. And so uh, the easiest example to think about this is the tires on the tractor. So I'm going to paint a quick little scenario here. So picture a tractor, and it was driven into a pen to scoop manure. And obviously, while driving around in the pen, the tires picked up manure on the treads, the tractor was then driven into the apple orchard, and small pieces of manure flew off and landed on the ground while the tractor was driving. Now, you may think that this isn't a big deal because the manure stays on the ground. Yeah, no, no big problem. The apples are up in the tree, right? Right, exactly. But what about when October rolls around and the harvester crews walk through the orchard and they step in the little pieces of manure? And while harvesting, they climb up and down the ladders, and now each rung has little bits of manure on it. The harvester places their hands on the rungs to climb the ladder, then reaches and picks an apple. That apple is now contaminated with raw manure, even if you can't see it. That is a good point. I think the
0: most, maybe the most important point that you just made is that sometimes you can't always see it. Um, You know, we can't see bacteria with uh, just our eyes and it doesn't take very much to make a person sick. So that's a really important point to remember. I feel like that scenario that you just described is so common and is so easily uh, replicated across lots of different areas of the farm. I know of, of one scenario where a farm was they were in an area with raw manure. I'm not sure if they were scooping or turning manure or something, but they had definitely driven through an area with raw manure. And then that same tractor was driven down a driveway with lots of puddles in it. It had rained recently and then, uh, you know, driven up to the washpack pack station. And the the puddles... That had come into contact with the tire, the tractor tires. Enough of the bacteria from the raw manure had transferred to those puddles that the workers that then stepped through the puddles to enter the wash pack uh, actually brought Listeria into that wash pack station. Um, and uh, a big problem ensued. And so that is another real life example of where this cross-contamination like actually does happen. And it's something that farms, farms that do both should be thinking about,
1: um, even if it seems kind of silly or far-fetched. Something as simple as sharing a driveway doesn't yeah. seem like it would be that big of a deal, but here in this example, it, it absolutely can be. Yeah. And, you know, water, water loves to move things. Um, so yeah,
0: just, just the, The puddles being contaminated was enough to cause a problem in that case. Um, Going back to your orchard scenario for just a second I was thinking about ways that you know you could still use that same tractor but it would it wouldn't pose the same kind of risks and the first thing that comes to my mind is the ladder situation. Um, you said, you know, like the, the workers were climbing up the ladder and putting their hands on the same part of the ladder, the rungs, where their feet get, uh, where their feet go. Um, and a super quick and easy fix is just to train those uh, orchard workers to put their hands on the side railings of the ladder and never on the rungs where their feet go. And that would solve a lot of that problem. I'm just wondering, Brianna, do you have a, another mitigation idea for that sort of situation?
1: Yeah, so the most clear and safe option would be to have separate machinery designated for each tasks of the farm, right? Have one for the raw manure type situation and then have one that can be driven in, in the produce operation. However, that is not always feasible, especially on smaller farms. That sounds expensive. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, if one machine with one bucket is the only option, uh, it's important to integrate a thorough cleaning and sanitizing SOP of the exterior and any surfaces that the operator might touch as well.
0: Yeah, so you're saying clean and sanitize the tractor um, after it's been used for for animal or, or raw manure purposes before
1: it goes into a, a produce related use. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I would also highly recommend uh, documentation in a sanitation log so that uh, you could be certain that it has been cleaned before yeah. being anywhere else on the farm. Sure, keep a record of it. If it's not written down, it
0: never happened. Exactly. Yeah, I think that another option. Uh, assuming that, you know, you're starting out with a tractor that's been cleaned, um, you know, if if it's possible to do the produce work first, um, then you can just drive it straight into the into the manure pen and you won't have to, you don't have to do the cleaning and sanitizing um, if you're going from produce to animals, only vice versa.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I guess I wanted to to just mention too that I feel like we've been focusing pretty heavily on tractors, but the same principles apply to all kinds of equipment. And so, um, if you are a farm that's at the scale where maybe you're not using a tractor for everything, maybe you're you know we're then we're talking about shovels and garden carts and um, you know other smaller scale uh, equipment like that. The the same principles apply to that Um, and on that scale it's almost easier because you can easily afford two shovels um, or two pitchforks or you know whatever two pairs of boots and that's a lot more feasible than
1: owning two tractors for a lot of farms definitely and those smaller equipment are arguably much easier to clean than the entirety of a tractor for sure
0: yeah I'm thinking about like just time wise like how fast you could scrub off a shovel versus spraying down an entire dragon,
1: <laughs> yes, much much easier for the shovel,
0: so I wanted to make sure that we touch on like what happens once that produce is harvested to you and what types of shared uh, equipment we might see in a wash pack facility. So I think that most farms that grow produce have some sort of space, you know, maybe it's not a building, but it, they have some sort of designated space where they they rinse off and um, or wash and pack their, their produce before it's sold. And in some cases, those that space might also be used for uh, non-produce related activities. So one thing that I tend to see a lot is um, farms that have laying hens will wash their eggs in the same sink where they're washing their vegetables. And while that might not seem like a big deal, I feel like the same the same exact principles that we just talked about for. Uh, you know, the tractors and shovels and boots and outdoor equipment, the same the same principles apply. So if you're washing, uh, you know, if you're washing your eggs to sell them in, you know, the, the sink that you have available to you, uh, say that you, you're a farm with only one sink, you know, maybe one wash sink and one hand wash sink. And then you go and immediately fill up that sink and dunk your leafy grains in it. That's actually a huge risk because you're washing off all of the chicken poop that that was on those eggs and the little bits of straw or bedding or whatever. And there's a huge risk or potential for a lot of that bacteria to still be in the sink when you fill it up to wash
1: your produce. So if a grower does want to wash their eggs and their leafy greens in the same day, what procedures would you recommend so that they can do this in the safest way possible?
0: I would say you can either do a clean break um, after you've washed your eggs or or, or even like washed your uncovered produce, so produce that's not covered under the produce safety rule, before you move on to covered produce. And that's the rinse, clean with a detergent, rinse again, sanitize, and then if the sanitizer calls for it, let dry, you know, the, the full four or five-step process. Um, so that's one option. The other option is to start out with a clean sink and, uh, and clean tables and, and what have you, and do your covered produce first. Get that out of the way And then, you know, move on to your uncovered produce and then do the eggs last. And so kind of moving in order from the things that need to be cleanest to uh, the ones that aren't going to be harmed. Their microbial safety isn't going to be compromised um, if you don't implement that full break, uh, the full cleaning break. The other, the third option is... Separate equipment. So if you can afford to have two different sinks and one can be designated as a sink that is only for washing your eggs and the other sink is for produce, um, that's great. That's amazing. I understand that that's not an immediate possibility for all farms though. Um, And I, as much as I love the ease, of just separate equipment I I'm also not a big fan of telling farms that they've got to run out and spend more money in order in order to maintain their food safety because it's not always true you know you can you can make do with what you have it's just gonna be you're gonna have to think about the the way uh, the order in which you do things and you're gonna have to think about cleaning uh, a little bit more I feel like so much of the produce safety rule is just thinking about the risks and thinking
1: about what you're going to do about them. Absolutely. A lot of it is about planning for potential contamination. Uh, Know what steps you should take in the event that contamination does occur. And yes, really being able to foresee when and where that is most likely to happen. Yeah,
0: and I... I see the benefit in, you know, doing this ahead of time, like coming up with your your corrective action plans and your standard operating procedures, coming up with those at a time where you can like sit down and really think about them. You know, dead of winter, there's four feet of snow outside, but you're inside with a cup of coffee. That's the perfect time to think about these things. And in my experience, those types of well-thought-out Uh, procedures are far more effective than what you can
1: come up with in the moment. Having that farm food safety plan to fall back on also makes it easier if you, as the most knowledgeable grower, are not the one on site, right? What if it's one of your employees on site and who has to deal with it? Then you can refer them to the information that you had already planned out.
0: Definitely. Yep, you don't have to leave it up to your employees or your kids or your father-in-law to do the right thing because uh, you've already thought about it and it's, you know, written down for them to just say, oh yes, this is what I have to do. Links to anything referenced in this episode are provided in our show notes, which can be accessed on the website at canr.msu.edu slash safety. Thank you to everyone for listening, and don't forget to tune in next month for another episode of our Produce Bites podcast.